0: If you um, uh, sincerely want to create deeper levels of connection and awareness, the first step to that process is really recognizing <clears throat> that, you know, what you don't know and, 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 and being comfortable with that and in, inviting other people into that, into that recognition.
1: Welcome back to the Max Out Show, where today I'm excited to speak to Lorenz Sell, co-founder of Sutra, who's on a mission to transform the way that we learn, collaborate, and connect online. So, Lorenz, welcome to the show.
0: Max, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm super
1: excited to have you, and I want to first take you on a little bit of a time trial that's, you know, for our listeners, most of, you know, usually how we start this, and I want to go back to the year 2007. When your interest in human connection really took <laughs> off. so can you share with us that story of Burning Man and how that first inspired you to think of human connection?
0: Wow, you, you're going way back there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it, it's true. A lot of uh, a lot of who I am today and a lot of the work that I do today is heavily inspired by by Burning, by Burning Man. Um, <clears throat> and it's hard to say exactly like you know what about it? But there's something that emerged for me in in terms of really discovering what's possible at a very deep level of authenticity um, in a space where there's no judgment, where um, there's you know what they call radical self expression um, and and also radical creativity and, and really discovering. What's possible, you know, when, when, when not just one person is doing it, but when 70,000 people are doing it. And there's something, you know, I think one of there's there's so much that's amazing about Burning Man. But one of the things that's really amazing there is, is that it's, it, on, on, on one level, it's it's sheer chaos. And on another level, it's absolutely harmonious. And, you you know, you have billionaires, you have hippies, you have people from all walks of life. And somehow they all converge into this space that is just, you know, lawless. And, and yet, you know, for the most part, it, it, it really works. And, and it's not like you can take that and say, well, the whole world should be like that. Mm-hmm. But, but part of what really affected me and influenced me was the question of like, what what can you distill from that? What can you learn from that? to, to, and, and how can you bring more of that spirit? You know, there's, there's a very deep uh, rawness, a very deep humanity that emerges, you know, after it's, it's a, like when you go to Burning Man, it's a seven, it's a seven week, it's a seven day experience. And, you know, by the time you get to day five or day six, day seven, like something is different, you know, something shifts. Within you, within the people around you, there's a depth to the eye contact, there's a depth to the presence. And and it's life-changing. You know, that's why people are so like religious about Burning Man. It's because you have a direct experience of something that that is that is truly life-changing. And and so, you know, one of the things that really affected me out of that experience was just asking myself, like, what what is it? How do we bring this, this like raw, deep, authentic humanity? into everyday life. And, um, and that's basically affected the, you know, it started the journey of the last 10 years of my life.
1: Yeah, it really sounds like that's what you've been trying to really re-engineer into, into daily life ever since. And, and I know you took a rather pragmatic approach in beginning with the beer and business in Hawaii. So can you share with us a little bit about how do you <laughs> get this started? I and, mean, you know, how's that evolved ever since?
0: Well, you know, my time in Hawaii was was, was kind. Of, I guess it was at the beginning of this, and it's funny you mentioned that 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 event. You know, I've always had this thing around um, bringing people together, and so when I was in, in I, I, one of my first startups, was called I Love Photos, and we raised six million dollars to to build a, a photo platform that used facial recognition to automatically organize photos. And and at that time, one of my side things was doing a networking event, like a, like you know, basic startup networking event bringing people together. Um, and I mean, it's so fun. I don't know. <laughs> you must have done some great research here because, um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's like way back. That's way back. But it's also really interesting, you know, how things build on themselves to really bring you to, to where you are, you know, today. And one of the things that I've often done throughout my startup career over the last 20 years is, is bring people together in, in, in one way or, or another. And and there's something about, you know, when you're bringing people together, whether you're bringing together 100 people or, or, or 10 people or just like a dinner, there's something about, um, as a host, your um, responsibility, your um, capacity to really host that space, to, to kind of create the, the fluidity of, of that space so that there's real connection meaningful interaction um, so that there's value for everybody. There's good conversation so that it feels comfortable. And, and, and you know, I'm just discovering this right now as, as we speak, kind of threading that, that back um, because after Beer and Business, um, you know, we did a whole bunch of uh, meetups. Uh, I, I used to run this uh, kind of philosophy discussion group called the Wisdom of Love. And we would have, you know, 10 to 20 people show up in our living room once a week to have a, a discussion about um, love as a philosophy, like what does it mean in the context of racial justice or social justice, or you know, whatever, like really kind of pragmatic and practical. Um, but again, you know, it's a bunch of strangers coming together, and and then how 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 do you lubricate that space? How do you really get the connection? And you know, because people come together, there's usually some awkwardness, there's some reservations, some guardedness, and and then as a as a host, I feel like one of or you could call it a, whether it's a host or a facilitator, you know, there's some nuances there, but, you know, one of your responsibilities is is to navigate that space and, and invite a level of comfort and authenticity and vulnerability and connection so that that really opens up. And, and you, know, one of the things that I realized over the last five years of, of really going deep into this work with online learning is that, the last 20 years of my life where I had been doing this in one way or another really informed my understanding of how to create connection online. So between Burning Man and between just bringing people together, there's something there that when I – it, it was just kind of implicit. But now as this work has evolved, it's become more explicit as far as really kind of deconstructing what I um, – just kind of subconsciously new in, into, um, you know, really being able to do this kind of work online.
1: Yeah, that's so fascinating. And to me, it really looks like you sort of predicted COVID long before anybody else. In the sense that you're working on these challenges, right, of, of mm. connecting really people online, you know, now that the whole world is into it or has been into it for the last two years. But you've been working on it for the last five, six years already with Sutra. So um, you've been really into that field. So where do you see sort of the biggest challenges? You know, you talked about, you know, inviting people into, into your living room. That is a very much different environment, obviously, than, you know, hosting a Zoom call and talking to strangers sitting on the other side of the world. So where do you see the specific challenges right now that people are facing, you know, through COVID or, or really probably for the rest of our lives and really connecting with people online? And also some of the opportunities that, that we have maybe now for the first time ever.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I think in some ways, um, COVID is just exacerbating or catalyzing um, certain things that are really, it's, that aren't necessarily about COVID or about, you know, being forced to be online. It's really this question of connection and, and, and awareness and, um, you know, our, our capacity to be deeply present with ourselves and each other and the world that we live in and you know so i had i had an experience about um in 2011 at burning man that really changed my life um you, you best way i can describe it is i had a mystical experience and it really brought this question of um, world peace into into my consciousness it really like you know how how, how you know it, the best way I can describe it is it it gave me a visceral experience, like almost a direct experience of living in a planet in peace. And it and it really affected me. And, and so a lot of my journey over the last 10 years has been really trying to understand what, what does peace mean? And and how do you, you know, how how, how can you uh, be in service of that? And, and so, you know, one of the things that really emerged for me, and, and maybe this is my, I call this like my radically simplified formula, is that when, when you have interaction at a sufficiently deep level of awareness, peace is inevitable, right? And it sounds so like simple, it's almost ridiculous. But, um, but, but there's something there about, you know, when you have awareness between people connection is inevitable. You know, when, when, when I have like a deep awareness of, of myself and a presence of myself and a deep awareness or a continually deepening awareness of you, right. Because, because that, you know, that's a, a never ending spectrum there. You know, what, what can I have in my awareness about you? How can I truly get to know you and discover you and, and be present with you um, and, and accept all of what there is, you know, with you and, and, and between us, that, that is a, that is a never ending journey. But, but if, if I can recognize that, first of all, that is a never ending journey and and hold in that journey, a, a certain humility, you know, of what I do not know, you know, and, and also recognizing the assumptions that inevitably I will make as a human being, because it's inevitable that I will have assumptions and judgments and a certain, you know, I call this a subtle, a subtle arrogance, you know, but but just noticing that about my human, my, about my human conditioning. If I can hold all of that, you know, in my awareness as 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 I get to know you, and you know, as any two people or group of people get to know each other, right? Then then something new becomes possible. You know, then then we we have this opportunity for for transformation. It might sound like a really tall order, but we're talking about something kind of really really simple is 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 just like uh a genuine uh intention for presence right because again it's an infinite infinite thing so it's not like i'm present or i'm not it's 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 literally you know there's an infinite spectrum of what i can be present to within myself and in my environment and in the people that i encounter and and so the you know the question for me like pre-covid or during covid or post covid is is really you know how do you cultivate this capacity for deeper relational presence, right? Deeper presence with yourself and 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 another person, and and not just in the context of like, oh, you know, I'm going to learn to meditate, right? Because there's a lot of the like mindfulness is learning to meditate, but but it's really I'd say it's like oh, you can call it meditation 2.0. It's applied meditation, applied mindfulness in the context of you know a, rel- a relational space and. So one of the things that that emerged for us in our work with this question was was really an understanding that one way to do this, and I'm sure there's many, one way to do this is through group learning experiences. Is is that you can, well, you know, the, these kind this kind of capacity presence isn't something you like read about and and you know you just like you know how to do it. It's it's a never ending practice, and you need other people to practice with. And so, one way to uh, create an opportunity for that practice is to is to create a learning experience around any subject right not just about mindfulness or about presence, it could be about marketing or it could be about uh, permaculture or you know it, it, it could be about you know ayurveda, any kind of thing right that that it's you have the content that gives people the reason like people need a reason to come together they need a reason to invest their time and energy into something right we live in a world that where people are very busy there's a certain amount of scarcity people always like kind of working towards something and so if there's a practical reason for them to do something it gives them um, the 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 motivation to 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 stick with it so a learning experience it really offers a, a perfect container for that it offers people something that's very practical and and But the way that you structure that learning experience, the the way of being that you invite, the quality of presence and connection and conversation that you create around that experience can give people an opportunity to um, both learn the content and develop this capacity. And in the process of that, actually deepen their understanding and relationship with the content. Because because through that quality of connection and conversation, there's also an opportunity to understand the content much more deeply um, through each other. And, and so this is this has really become the the heart of the work that we do today.
1: Wow. So it really sounds like this this awareness and this presence serves us, as, as you so beautifully called it, this this lubricant that, that makes all kind of content, you know, learning and and connections so much more effective because people truly tune into what you're saying and to the, the presence between each other and and not so much checked out. And so what are these these underlying principles then? You know, you call it meditation 2.0. So what does that look like in this in this relational space as we try to increase our awareness of both ourselves and then also each other in in that space?
0: Yeah, I think so. There's it's a complex territory, you know, and I think this is this is really one of the the first things that we start with is that um, there isn't like a one size fits all answer. And I think this is this is really one of the biggest challenges that I had to realize as well is that all of this work is going to be different depending on the context, depending on the environment, depending on the group of people, and and so one, I'd say the. First principle that we worked with is really an understanding that it's an emergent experience, right, that this is something that's going to emerge as it goes, and that the way to um, step into that emergence is through prototyping, is is really to start with um, with an intention for an outcome, you know, that we want to develop uh, deeper levels of awareness and connection in the context of this course or this community or this organization, and, and we don't know how to do that. Right, and that's and that, and, and that, that, not knowing is actually okay. It's actually the beginning of the journey into into discovery. You know, this is I, I really love this concept of, of of humility. You know, humility is I kind of uh, a willingness to to not know and a recognition of where we make assumptions. And so, really, bringing this humility that if you um, uh, sincerely want to create deeper levels of connection and awareness the first step to that process is really recognizing <clears throat> that you know what you don't know and 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 being comfortable with that and in, inviting other people into that into that recognition and so whether you know for example when when we started our transformational teaching online course um you know there was kind of like this uh really meta experience it's actually continued now we have over you know we have several hundred graduates we uh, we've done six cohorts um but each cohort is is really kind of similarly structured in that it's it's a it's a inquiry into how do we create deeper levels of awareness and connection in the context of an online learning experience so there's part of it is our understanding but but really the understand it's like the the question is the answer the question asking the question, it's kind of like this big question of like, who am I? And it doesn't necessarily have this answer. I am this. It's, it's, it's more asking that question over and over and living into whatever answers might emerge. So that's, that's, I'd say that's one like foundational principle. Another aspect of it is, is really embodiment is, is really uh, developing uh, a deeper uh, sensitivity to um, physical sensation a deeper presence and awareness of physical sensation and um, you know so in in in, in any given moment uh, you know you can just notice your your body you know notice how your legs feel notice your uh, pelvic region your abdominal region your, your your chest your your throat your your head and maybe notice the, the your pulse you know the the sen- just notice the the sensation of, of aliveness in in your in your body and um, in a in a relational context you know this is this is this is really powerful because it's kind of like the ground zero of presence as I'm you know present with myself then I can begin to be present with you and and I can begin to also notice how the experience of you shows up in my body you know, how, how I can, I, and, and this happens all the time. You know, I, one of the first times I began to notice this kind of thing was, it was years ago, actually, when I lived in Hawaii, where, you know, my whole life I've struggled with self-consciousness and, and just feeling kind of tense around people. And, and so I began to notice these sensations as they would come up in my body when I was talking to somebody and just that noticing and then, and then relaxing into them. And, another kind of uh stage to that if if the if the environment is set up for it is really an invitation to share that to speak it you know which is if you think about intimacy we're talking about like connection which you know real connection is about intimacy there's a you know you can think of like you might have a facebook group where there's a lot of activity a lot of people posting but is there any real connection there do people really care do they actually know something about each other so we we're talking about meaningful, authentic human connection where I, I, I know you, right? There's a certain intimacy there. And, you know, one of the most intimate things that uh, is present for us that we almost never share is um, physical sensation, you know, is what's what's coming up for me, you know, any tension or, you know, what just might be coming up in my thoughts or my emotions uh, or, or my sensations. And, and so... One way to open up a space of surprising connection is to really create an opportunity for people to first uh, take a moment of stillness to to just settle first settle in because we're in this like go 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 digital environment and to jump from one Zoom call to the next to my email to the you know nonstop right so if if you say you know whether it's in person or you know maybe we just talk about the online kind of in an online. Uh, environment on a zoom call is to take a moment of pause to to just settle down notice your space notice yourself in your space and 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 then also create an opportunity to notice and to share this you know works better if you have a large group you can do breakout groups or if you have a smaller group of five to ten you know you can take it take a moment for everybody to share but what you know one of the things that that does is it um it, it opens up a space of uh, deep authenticity, you know, because there's nothing more authentic than me sharing what's really present for me, and you know, particularly in my body. And, and intimacy, you know, it's very intimate. I don't even realize how intimate it is, but it's, it's like the closest thing to me. Um, and, and so it's surprising how something so simple um, can, can really create uh, an opening for, for, for deeper connection. And then kind of bringing back what I just said about the prototyping, you know, so that kind of creates the, the the container. You know, and and then and then the prototyping is, you know, maybe working with different activities. Um, and you know, there's 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 hundreds of activities that you can try to to somehow open. You know, different from icebreakers to different sensing activities to different innovation activities to to then you know, open up both a, a, a space of, um, kind of a generative space and, and a space of, of connection and awareness.
1: Wow, so it sounds like you're really trying to take people out of their heads, out of this constant loop of overthinking about other stuff and you're already thinking about the next event and the next lunch and ah, that, that pain in my toe to, to really being fully alive and fully present in this very moment. Uh, so they can truly connect and show up fully when it matters most. Um, so, what is it really that that you're trying to establish? Is it like you know, sort of these feelings, like I mentioned, like the, the pain in my toe, where sort of the that,
0: root that's root a good thing, you know, of, really being, you know, really being emotions, really like, being really present <laughs> to the pain in your toe, you know. Yeah, i would really, really use it for you so. <laughs> Yeah yeah but I, you know it really I mean we're talking about something really simple right and there's there's infinite ways to complicate it but we're really talking about presence and awareness right as 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 the as the ground zero for um for for connection and uh you know meaningful interaction but but particularly in a relational context you know i think that's the that's the subtle nuance here right because um there's there's presence and awareness and mindfulness. Say in the context of meditation, which is a more of a um, inward type of activity, and and then in a in a relational context, it's it's both inward and outward at the same time. You know, it's it's both that I'm inwardly present to and aware of my internal space, and and that I'm outwardly present to to you. And 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 that there in in that in that space there is there's an ongoing um, there's there's an there's just there's an ongoing process that's that's going on and the the capacity to to be in that space is 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 a, is an is an ongoing practice you know it's it's a it's and and I think that's really what we're talking about is. Um, creating opportunity for that practice because there's there's two things here. One is the discovery of uh, what I'm talking about and and two is the practice. So I can talk about something like deep listening and say, you know, deep listening is super amazing, it's profound, it you know it can change your life and And for somebody who has never really experienced deep listening, uh it's meaningless. It, you know, it's just like, yeah, I listen all the time. I'm at home. I'm listening to Netflix. You know, I'm listening to my partner. I'm listening to my kids. I just do it. Um, right? It doesn't seem that special. There's nothing. What, why, if, if, you know, if I were to say deep listening is the ultimate superpower, um, it doesn't sound that impressive. It's like, I don't know. I'd rather be able to fly and shoot lasers out of my eyes. <laughs> you know, so, so the first part is, is the, the discovery. Right, to to really have a direct experience of this kind of um relational space, to really have a discovery of deep listening as a as a full bodied um uh, kind of experience of 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 receiving. Um and, and so once and, and and kind of going back to the Burning Man thing, I think that's one of the things that uh, happens at Burning Man is you discover something. That you don't realize is there in the context of of um, human connection there's something you discover and it's very difficult to describe in you know and say like this on a, on a podcast because if I could just describe it and kind of convey it, then there'd be no reason for anyone to go to Burning man but what 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 makes it so special and, you, and unique and, and what is what it is 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 that you you, you have to experience it to understand it. You know you, you you have to experience so there's something and, and burning man's kind of like this big big thing but i'm also just talking about you know deep listening embodied presence you 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 have to kind of experience it to to get it to get that, that there's a that there's a there there and and once you get it then there's something to to practice and and to you know and it's a it's a practice for me right now with you on a, on a Zoom call. I'm practicing kind of looking between you on the video and, and, and so I can see you and, and then looking into the camera lens so that I look better, uh, you know, if, when this is being played on, on YouTube. And, but it's a, there's an awareness of that, right, that that's, that's something I'm dealing with. And then there's a practice of, of, of kind of continually coming back to my body, coming back to you, coming back to our conversation, holding that space of awareness. And, um, and so that's, that's just the practice that's always there. But, but then, you know, creating intentional space for practice, which kind of comes back to creating a learning experience where there's um, a safe container created that really invites the deepening of, of this practice that, that then you can carry into your interaction with the storekeeper, with your partner, with your kids, with your family. Um, it's harder to practice in those environments sometimes. You know, There's a lot going on. Uh, you, you, know, you have your phone. You have all these things going on. And, and so having uh, an intentional uh, space opportunity to, to practice then helps you carry that into um, everywhere else where you might apply that practice.
1: You know, there's, there's so many great nuggets of, of wisdom here that I want to dissect a little bit. First of all, you know, what you mentioned about the sort of new benchmarking of experience really is fascinating to me, right? The, the way I often look at it is I can tell you all about my favorite cake, right? I can describe to you the ingredients, mm. I can describe to you the color. But until I, you know, come to Berlin and actually hand it over to you, you will never actually know what this cake is like. And the same is for, you know, all of these <laughs> these principles that you just talked about, right? People can't understand deep listening. They can't understand, you know, what it's really like to feel, you know, loved and grateful and excited on top of the world if they've never actually experienced these things. And so like you say, it is a very hard thing to describe. And yet when you feel it, you know, it's there, right? You know, exactly what it feels like the moment you actually experience it. And so I want to, I want to talk, dive a little bit deeper into this this act of creating safe spaces that you just talked about. And you know, the fact that you know you can go out into the world, and you can, you know, do this at the local supermarket, you can do this with your family and your friends. And so what do you see as sort of these these underlying principles of really creating a, a space that allows people, you know, to, to sort of feel invited into that space, to feel invited to open up and share about them. Because, you know, as you mentioned, you know, before you're thinking a lot about world peace and, and what it really takes for people. <laughs> To open up and be be vulnerable and connect, and yet we live in a world where oftentimes that's so hard, right? Because you know we're meeting these strangers, we don't really know their intentions, we don't really know if, like you, they're driven by love and by connection or maybe by alter, you know, ulterior motives. So, so what have you learned really about allowing people to become more vulnerable and and really open themselves up?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think this is really something that, um, that starts with, you know, the person who wants that, you know, whether you're the, the instructor or the the community builder or whoever, or, you know, the space holder that you, you know, it's something you really have to model, um, so that other people, um, I guess you could say, feel inspired to, to also do that. And it's a, it's a delicate territory because again, this is so different in, in every context and in every environment, um, whether we're talking about one-on-one, you know, like with a, with a close friend or, or a partner um, or you're talking about a, a small group or you're running a course, or you're talking about a, a community there, there's so many layers and nuances to, how you create a space, you know, it's very much, this is the thing about it. It's, it's a, it's a living, it's a living thing. And, and, and that's both what makes it so powerful and, and, and so, um, you know, difficult to grasp. You, you have to be willing to, to be with that, um, unknown. There isn't like a, a, a formula for it. And, um, and so kind of coming back to this thing about, uh, Prototyping. I think this is this is really where, like, when I say prototyping, I I don't necessarily mean something that is um, really complex. Like, a, a, a prototype can be can be very very simple. It, it can it can happen between you and your wife when you um, kind of in. You, you maybe there's yeah. I'll give a really simple example. Let let's say there's like. Often a conflict that arises between you and somebody that's close to you. So a, a, a prototype can be that you know that this conflict will likely come up again in in you know in some given situation. And a prototype might be okay. Next time this comes up, I'm going to try to respond differently, and I'm just going to observe what happens when when I do that, right? And so there is an opportunity to to learn rather rather than be Caught up in, in what happens, there's an opportunity to, to learn, to see what happens. And so similarly with with a group of people, if you're trying to really understand how do you create real connection, right? Your real connection is, is authenticity. And, and when you're talking about authenticity, that means it's unpredictable, right? Because it's authentic. It's it's unpredictable. And so it's because it's authentic, and, and that there's there's also you know, th- there's a lot of implications to to what happens when you invite authenticity. So first is, is just how do you do that? And, and, and it really starts with modeling it yourself. It really starts with um, speaking to the fact that you may not be entirely sure how to do this, um, that there may be things that emerge that, that you know, might be unexpected. And and really kind of creating a container that um, that welcomes and and invites that because that's that's part of the authenticity and that when something does come up, um, you you know that you you know you deal with it as best you can and you also kind of create space for yourself to to not be perfect that you you know in in the process really model that that vulnerability that that you want from other people and again. The way that you do this, the language that you use to convey this, to talk about it, is, is, is going to be different. You know, if you're if you're in a, um, a corporate environment or if you're in a in a community or if you're in a small group, the way that you language these things are going to be different. But the essence, the heart of it is, is really the same. Everybody wants authenticity, right? Everybody wants to feel you know, uh, comfortable being themselves. Everybody wants to feel safe being themselves. Everybody wants to feel meaningful connection with others. They may be uh, not used to those things. There may be in, in environments that just don't necessarily welcome or reward those things. But it, you know, in essence, every human wants these basic things. And when um, you know, when there's an invitation for that, like a, a model, you know, when someone's willing to go out on the line to, to kind of demonstrate these things there's something that wakes up for people. You know, they may not necessarily say, yes, that's what I want, but it touches them. They're like, this person's real, you know? So there's, I, you know, whenever you encounter realness, it, 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 it touches you, you know, it, it, it wakes something up. So, so, you know, the question is, how do you bring that into your environment? And, and so what I'm saying is that the, 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 the basic approach is to model it yourself, to recognize that it's a prototype, and And to be willing to make mistakes that that the that when mistakes happen um there's an opportunity to learn and there's an opportunity to be vulnerable and when you know when things go wrong, if it's well handled that's that's when there's really the opportunity to create the connection you know that's when people are like there's an imperfection there and people are like oh, and there's an opportunity to come together to work through that together so you know obviously what we're talking about is is very complex territory but if you know if i had to kind of synthesize it into some essential points that um that that would be that and i'll add one more thing here you know kind of speaking about this the spectrum of authenticity if you're inviting authenticity it's important to recognize that at some level uh authenticity can mean the surfacing of 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 trauma you know the surfacing of you know, kind of maybe shadow territory. You know this is that this is part of the human condition, and and so in an experience, whether it's in a community or an organization or a course, where you're inviting deeper levels of intimacy and deeper levels of authenticity. It's important to understand that 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 road. You know, at, at, at some level, if you're really inviting people to show up as they are, um, you know, thing, things come up and and that's 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 really part of the process. That's really part of the journey is that it doesn't have to be a course about trauma. doesn't have to be a course about psychotherapy. It, it's, we're just talking about how do you invite real humanity? Like, what does it mean? If you really think about like the average person on the street, you know, or yourself, you know what are you actually dealing with in your life? Like most people are dealing with both like good stuff and really challenging stuff and maybe challenging stuff from way, way back. It's part of the human condition. And if you create an experience that invites people to show up as they are, that can surface. And so one question might be like, why would I want to do that? Like, what does that have to do with this? And and I, I think there's two things there. One is that when you invite people, to show up as themselves, like at a deep, deep level, and they can relax and let go of all their shit and just be, that frees up a lot of energy. You know, that frees up a lot of energy. Now you, you and, and you, so you can have this like amazing connection, joyfulness, presence, and, and get shit done and be creative. And so that's, you know, it's really powerful. And, and then the other side of that is, is just like, you know, real healing, you know, real transformation, like really like supporting each other in, in becoming who who we can be and in creating a world that, that we all <clears throat> want to live in.
1: Wow, so, so it really sounds like it is sort of a delicate balancing act between intention on the one hand and then sort of this detachment from the outcome on the other hand, meaning really setting sort of intentions and being clear about what we're trying to create and we're trying to you know really create a space of, shared vulnerability of openness of true presence and awareness and at the same time we have to then let go of you know our expectations we have to let go of perfection we have to let go of you know our need to control everything meticulously like a machine and instead have you know human error have imperfections have this ability for people to just you know change course and change direction a little bit and bring their really like you said authentic selves into the conversation so is that really what I'm getting here?
0: Yeah, and I think what you just described in a way is is the definition of, of of emergent. You know, we're talking about an an emergent experience, and and so it's it's you know it's it's coming together through the participation of of the people, and I, I think in some way it's very foreign to how we like to operate. You know, we like to operate like. From school, there's an expert. They give us the information. We have to memorize it. There isn't necessarily a lot of room for um, for emergence for the teacher learning from the way that we interpret and process and you know um, understand the information through each other. And and so there's something really rich there in in that kind of like willingness to to make mistakes willingness to to be imperfect that's also about um, creating something new right something new that isn't from the past that isn't a, a version of, of what's already been done and, and there's a there's a balance there between the past and you know what what wants to emerge about how the past informs what wants to emerge but is but doesn't constrain, what wants to emerge you know you you want the past to inform the future you don't want it to constrain the future and and part of that is a willingness to to not know a willingness to be imperfect, a willingness to make mistakes so that you can discover the future together
1: yeah not not talking about mistakes i'm always interested and fascinated by people's biggest fuck-ups so what's what's the biggest because <laughs>
0: <failing? laughs> you usually put it oh my story, god so.
1: What's the, what's the biggest, you know, failure that, you know, you now are able to celebrate in your life, you know, really looking back
0: in hindsight? Mm. Every, every failure I've had has been a celebration and <laughs> has you know, informed me who I am. I mean, I think one of the more interesting stories here. Um, so yeah, I have I have this rich experience with failure. I mean, shortly after college, I, I started my first startup, I raised uh, $6 million. And yeah, I was a like a 23-year-old kid who had no idea what he was doing. And that was, uh, you know, total, total disaster. Too many cooks in the kitchen. I had no idea how to work with people. Um, I came out of that. This was in 2009. I was like, I've learned my startup mistakes. Now I know what I'm doing. Um, And so I started another company. Two years later, I um, was completely out of money. And so I moved into my car. And so I lived... On the streets of San Francisco, in my car, I had a big Ford Expedition. I lived in my car for 11 months just so that I could continue working on on my startup because I, I I had enough, I I could live off of my credit cards and I could kind of like continue doing that. Um, I couldn't afford rent, so but I, I I could I could do that, and and I was like super committed to, um, you know, to 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 not giving up, um. And that, you know, and many people might say that that's like big, big failure. Um, It, it was one of the most profound transformational experiences of my life. Um, For one thing, and I'll share this, this is totally, totally off key, but I I don't know, for some reason I feel called to share this, you know, because I think it's a, it's an interesting thing about, you know, like evolving as, as a human being. You know, one of the things that really transformed for me as a man in my car was was my relationship with sexual energy you know because before that um you know i, I was kind of you know all, always looking to you know to chase after women or, or whatever i'm sure there's less civil language i could use there but um you know when you're living in your car you don't really have a, a place where you can <laughs> bring <be, room> girls <laughs> back to <You> it. Just
1: <laughs> <you it. laughs> you know,
0: so, but it it really forced me to uh, it, it it kind of opened up this um, opportunity for me to uh, to tame that that beast, you know, to to kind of develop a different relationship with that sexual energy, you know. Uh, and I don't I don't know if that would have happened if I wasn't constrained in, in the environment of my car, you know. So there was something there that really transformed me as a, as a human being, um, of, of kind of like having to withdraw, um, from kind of the normal, like social interactions that, that that you might have if you had, if you had your own place. And, and so after 11 months, um, I, I felt really called to, to, to move to New York city. And, uh, I was running out of credit card, uh, capacity. And so, um, I called up my, one of my best friends from college and I was like, Hey, do you mind if I, uh, crash on your couch. You live in New York. And so I left uh, San Francisco uh, on um, like November 20th or so. It took me four days to get across. I got to New York on uh, November 24th, basically the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, and the last, this is such a beautiful story. So the last night that I spent in my car, I woke up in my car for the last time on Thanksgiving day in the morning. That night, I was invited to a dinner party at another friend's house. And so two things happened on Thanksgiving Day. One is that I moved into my friend's place who ended up being my wife. Wow. And, and two is that I went to have dinner at another friend's place, a Thanksgiving dinner, where I met an investor who put 600k into my company wow but i mean again that you know that that company didn't work out it was you know i made, I made a million mistakes and i learned a lot of things so um you know and, and all of these all of these failures have been such a blessing i mean really i feel like to, to today um i really try to bring that whenever something's difficult or something's challenging i feel like the jedi mind trick is really looking for what are you learning in the process really recognizing that one day in the future you will look back and this may just be one of the highlights of your life like like when i look back to living in my car you know you can imagine at that time it was scary and very difficult but when i look back on it now i was like wow like i was so free i could drive anywhere office <laughs> I love so much It's amazing. So in retrospect it was it was a huge highlight and uh, you know in it it was difficult but in retrospect huge highlight.
1: Wow, yeah no I totally believe I had a similar experience three years ago so it was it was only for two months and it was a yoga mat at least uh, in my in my shared office. But still, I, I had sort of a similar experience, right, of, of sort of living on rock bottom, right, like being considered a failure, considering myself even at times of a, a total failure, right, because I was just there, you know, after midnight, after everyone had left the office, right, I was just brushing my teeth and, and sleeping on a yoga mat. And yet it was one of the most most insightful and really in hindsight, one of the, one of the greatest experiences of my life. And so I truly value you, you your sharing all of that, that story, and I'm so glad of, about how it really turned out in the end on that on that New Year's uh, not New Year's on that Thanksgiving Thanksgiving dinner um, day then, and so you know we talked a lot on a lot of great you know strategies ideas tools tips today. If you could give our listeners just one challenge or one action step to take away to become more present and more aware of their relationships, what would be that one thing?
0: Hmm. Mm. Yeah, great question. Um. So a, a lot of a lot of our work has been influenced by um, Otto Scharmer and uh, you know he has um, an organization called uh, the Presencing Institute he's a professor at MIT and um, he has if you actually go to their website they have um, I believe it's presencing.com um, or org they have a section with tools there and they have one of them is like a I forget exactly what it's called like a listening assessment tool and it's a, it's it's really simple they they kind of they have um, these four levels of listening. It's like downloading, factual, empathic, and, and generative. And they kind of describe what those are. And so I'd say that, you know, if you're really interested in understanding listening as, as more than, as just, than just some basic function, that this is a really powerful place to start. You know, um, the listening assessment tool, basically, it, it describes these different levels of listening. And then the, the exercise is to track your listening throughout the day, to begin to notice the quality of listening that you bring to the different interactions. And and I find this, um, you know, uh, when, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I was really into bodybuilding. And I was really, and at some point I was hardcore about calorie counting. So I would, I would count like everything. And then this was in the early days of Twitter. I used to actually post this to Twitter. I had a bunch of people be like, why are you posting this to Twitter? I'm going (laughs) to follow you. Um, but the thing about calorie counting, you know, more than just like the fact that it, you maybe get, gets you to some sort of outcome is that it creates awareness, you know, and it's an awareness that you develop that basically lasts for the rest of your life that you really begin to understand kind of like the nuances of what you're actually putting into your body. And, uh, you know, and how that makes you feel, and so similarly, you know, anything that you track and measure, it's not about doing that forever, but part of the process, and you know, even though it can seem really annoying, is to develop that awareness to begin to notice, you know, the quality of listening that you bring uh, into any particular interaction. So what I what I love about these levels of listening is that they they you know they're really well well defined. They're they're really it's it's really simple. And you can really bring it into every interaction you have and as you as you do this for you know even a few days or you know a few weeks it it really begins to open up uh, a deepening awareness of the quality of listening that you bring into your life and and i honestly i I do feel that listening is is a superpower that once you really discover what listening is uh, that that ultimately, that's that's the pathway to everything.
1: Sounds amazing. So, where can people find you online?
0: So, um, as you mentioned, I'm I'm the co-founder of Sutra. This is uh, Sutra.co. Um, this is so it's a basically a platform that is designed for group learning, um, support communities anywhere where there's an emphasis on the quality of connection and conversation. Um, that's sutra we also have a course called transformational teaching online um, and we're going to be launching the next cohort uh towards the towards uh probably late early spring mid spring something like that towards early may um we're going to be launching the next cohort of that and that's at transformationalteaching.com um so yeah such a such a pleasure to connect with you max i really enjoyed our time together
1: likewise hey thank you so much Lawrence. really enjoyed it all right guys that's it for today i really hope you enjoyed this episode i hope you gained some valuable ideas tips tools tricks mindsets belief systems that'll hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level at the end of the day guys it's all about application the only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained and so i really want to challenge you at this point to you know not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this, you know, passively, just think about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your lives, to really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now, guys, at this point, I want to ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, friend, a loved one maybe, that you think could benefit from this content, please consider you know sharing it with them, forwarding to them, as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see tomorrow.